Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander and Privacy. I'm Simone de Rochefort, Senior Video Producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, Executive Director at Rebellion Pack. How are we doing? I, I am slaying aliens left and right. I am so addicted to Aliens Fireteam. It's ridiculous. Nice. Ooh, good for you. Getting mm-hmm. some downtime to play games. Yeah. The opposite of downtime it was your trip, though, Christina. So I want to hear all about that. It sounded amazing. Yes, I had a great time. Other than being evacuated at the very end, which was mm-hmm. just, you know, a very California thing to happen. So hey, I had a what? Full... <laughs> oh, okay. So there, there was... There was a fire in Santa Inez, and and we were all evacuated, but it was fine. Um, So, no. So, I was in Southern California last week for uh, Labor Day, and um, first, I got to go back to 2005, as we mentioned on the pod, to see the Hella Mega Tour, which was Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and Green Day, and was amazing. Um, All three of those bands are great, and they were really great and it was well worth the year plus I had to wait on that. Mm-hmm. And then I went to um, Santa Ynez, which is in Santa Barbara County, um, and uh, stayed with my uh, my friend Catherine and her parents. And m- I met her parents for the first time and her grandmother. And we just had like a really lovely weekend just like eating at good restaurants and being in a place that had satellite internet. So not a lot of Whoa. connectivity. Uh, and uh, so I was very offline, which by, by, you know, like necessity, but it was great. And then the most California thing happened on Monday as I was, we were, it was only a couple hours early. We, we came, came back from lunch and we saw like emergency, um, uh, like trucks going and there was a fight. We saw them turning into like our rich people like neighborhood. Cause where this is, there's a lot of farmland, a lot of vineyards and stuff. And then we saw, um, there was a fire and we could see it oh, wow. from, from her parents' house. And there was a lot of smoke. There was a lot of other stuff. And uh, it was close enough that they wound up evacuating, like, the whole area. So we had to very quickly, like, Jeez. pack up and go. So, um, but everybody was safe. I think that, like, somebody lost a barn in, in one of their vineyards, but, like, no loss of life or anything. And they were able to get it under control. So not bad, all things considered. But it was, like, the, like, the, I got, like, the, definitely the full like summer California experience at the yeah, end of truly. summer, which was great. That is bananas. Oh my God. I mean, this is why they call like the, they proposed making the time zones like flood time zone, yeah. <laughs> desert time zone, and then fire time zone. So you, yeah. you were in fire time zone. I was in the fire time zone. That's 100% <laughs> true. Fire yeah, time no, zone just weird. keeps getting bigger though. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Because like, we don't get the fires in Seattle, obviously, but we get the smoke from mm-hmm. both, you know, the South and from, um, like, Vancouver when that happens. So, eee, Well, on that cheery note, yes. uh, let's get into the show. We have some housekeeping to do based on previous stories uh, that we've talked about. So, first of all, uh, as Joanna Stern at Wall Street Journal writes, Apple has delayed uh, releasing their CSAM tools. They are taking, quote-unquote, additional time over the coming months to collect input and make improvements before releasing these critically important child safety features. 
Um, this comes after, you know, they're, they're very sort of uh, firmly, firmly backing the tools initially now stepping back from them. What do we think about this? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, <sighs> but will they actually, will, will they improve them? I guess this would be my bigger question. I, I guess that's kind of my point. I mean, we're going to be covering uh, a, an update to uh, a, a, another story with the App Store uh, later in the show today. And there's kind of a pattern of Apple doing the least uh, that it has to to kind of get out of a PR jam, right? Mm, As right. This will show. So uh, am I really confident they're going to rethink this uh, feature from top to bottom? No. Do I think it will probably be tweaked in a few ways to make it marginally better probably um but you know i'm I'm not gonna i'm just gonna save my reaction until we we hear something either way yeah i think that's fair it was it was funny because um catherine uh, my friend catherine works at the eff who obviously has taken like a very strong position against um apple's proposals and so i was with her like when I saw like the thing come in because she, she, um, didn't have, um, she was, you know, was off. So she had taken work stuff off her phone and apparently their, um, uh, whatever open source version of Slack they use was, was going crazy when they made that announcement. Like you, Brie, I'm, I'm going to be cautious about what changes they'll actually make, but I will say I, I get the sense from having talked to people like on the inside, like all, you know, off record um, that that Apple was surprised by how bad of a backlash they had, and yeah. um, and and by just kind of like the fervor from basically everybody they did this because the way that it was launched and somebody pointed this out, like they thought that they were going to be patted on the back and like praised. It's an easy PR win, right? Like preventing right. was keeping children safe. Everyone loves that, right? And 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 that what that was very clearly that's what they thought, and that's not the reaction. And there have been a lot of things that we've talked about end up on this show that, that I, I was on uh, the talk show with John Gruber and we talked about it a lot. Like, no, don't need to re- rehash all that, but there are a lot of very valid concerns that people have on both of those proposals, as well as the fact that they, you know, made the disastrous decision to announce the, the different things at the same time, allowing people to conflate them. So, I mean, the most cynical take would be they're going to hope that people, you know, forget and maybe tweak a couple of things and reintroduce it. Uh, the most optimistic take would be they would maybe just not do this at all. I don't think that's going to be possible. And probably the most likely take is there might be some changes, but we'll, as Bree says, we'll just have to wait and see what they are. But I am at I am at the very least happy that this isn't something we have to worry about shipping before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a, because we're about to cover some Apple rumors with the uh, the Apple event, that's going to be one of the topics today. I think a cynical version of this might be uh, Apple worried because there's clearly a storyline out there of people that are less informed than us that, mm-hmm. oh, Apple is going to scan all your photos with right. the newest version of iOS and don't buy an iPhone because with this one, they're going to look at everything you do, which is not a factual version of that. I could, I, I think there's part of me that, that makes me think Apple put the brakes on it just to get through this, this iPhone launch. I mean, is that too cynical? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Cause they, they pre-announced it and they'd already said it wasn't going to be there at launch. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be shipping later in the year. So I don't, I don't think so. I'm not sure what their, you know, point of pre-announcing it was. Apple does this sometimes where, stuff that's not going to be like a big flagship feature that they can't spend time on at mm. the press conference. 
they get out in advance. That's not uncommon. And and to be totally honest, I really do feel like they thought that this was one of those things where they were just going to get a lot of attaboys and a lot of praise and didn't bother to anticipate that A, there would be a negative reaction and that B, it would completely dominate the entire conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move on from this. Hopefully we will get a word on what Apple is changing exactly about this uh, feature, but it'll be very interesting to see. All right. We have, before we get into the main topic, which is Apple event predictions, another brief update on yet another rocket roll from this past week. Uh, So last week we talked about uh, basically uh, South Korea um, creating proposing laws uh, that would apply to companies like Google and Apple about antitrust practices and how much they can take off the top of the App Store. Um, Now Apple has announced last Wednesday, the day that we recorded, uh, they will allow media apps to create in-app links. Uh, The update will allow developers of reader apps to include an in-app link to their website. Uh, Users can use that to go sign up for an account there for uh, services like Spotify, Netflix, etc., which currently, you know, when you you pay for that sign up on the App Store, Apple gets that 30% cut. Uh, Those changes will go into effect early next year, and that comes after basically Japan also uh, came out and said, hey, this we got our eye on you in terms of antitrust, Apple. What are you doing? Uh, And it's, I think, as you said, Christina, a pretty big concession, but maybe not a big enough concession. What do you think about it? Yes. So, so, um, uh, this is very different from what the, the proposal, um, was with South Korea. And this is also different from the concession that they'd made as part of the settlement where the lawyers basically got all the money. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Apple was like, oh, you can email people whose email address you have, which thank you, Apple, like, like genuinely, but this is a a big change. So historically there, Apple has had a, a number of categories known as reader apps. And this would be, um, the reason they're called reader apps is because the Kindle was the original version of this, where actually when the Kindle app for iOS, for iPad, actually, I, I think, and iPhone, but when it first launched, you could actually, there was a, a you know, web page that would launch. You could log in with on the web page and, and buy things in that web page. There was no in-app purchase mechanism. And if you bought them, you know, from that web page, they would go into your account. Um, and then in 2011, Apple made changes to the way that in-app purchases and the way that reader apps work. And what they said was, you could not, you could, if you wanted to sell any of those digital items that would then go into a reader app, like the Kindle app, the bookstore, for instance, you had to give Apple a cut of everything. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but you had to have a separate SKU for every single item. So uh, Sony actually just completely got out of, like they had a, an e-reader app for iOS and for other platforms. They actually just completely got out of that business. And Amazon, you know, quickly created um, a, an iOS and iPad friendly version of the Kindle store that you could browse and, and showed people how you could like add a shortcut to, you know, your desktop. But, uh, but they took the link out. So you couldn't even tap on a link, you know, in the reader app to take you to the Kindle store. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you couldn't even let anybody know about that. And, um, and, and that's remained that way. And so it was, you know, kind of this, this really terrible thing. Also, frankly, um, if we want to talk about antitrust and anti-competitive, the iBookstore 
you can buy things inside of. Um, the yeah. Kindle app, you couldn't. And, and so um, Netflix and other companies uh, also had this issue where, you know, you couldn't even let people know that you could go to this website to sign up for this service, even if all you're doing with the app is displaying content that you already own. Uh, Netflix famously removed their in-app purchase stuff. I think at one point they even just completely like, you know, gave the middle finger to the rules and had a link in there anyway. Yeah. Uh, and we're kind of playing like chicken with Apple because like, what is Apple going to do? Are they going to kick Netflix out? No, of course they're not. Um, Apple did end up coming up with some sort of agreement with Amazon to get them on Apple TV to get rid of the 30% cut so that Amazon uh, Prime would actually show up. And, and in that case, the purchases actually go through Amazon. Um, but, uh, but it's been this problem. Hey, you know, when we had, um, uh, David Heimer Hansen before he blocked me, uh, when we had <laughs> him on the show, Lad Hay had was that Apple was going to require that they, you know, um, if, if they wanted to do anything with their app that they, you know, like had to make people be able to sign up for the app inside the app store. And, and there was a big debate about whether or not, you know, the email app could have the same rules as the reader apps or not. And Apple ended up changing that. But at first they were like, Oh no, if you want anybody to be able to log into this web service, you have to sign have to have a way for people to be able to sign up for the web service and the app. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that this change is happening is that if it is something that's deemed a reader app, so that would be Netflix, that would be Kindle, that'd be Hulu, Disney Plus, whatever, the companies can now have one link, one <laughs> that can uh that can go to help manage their account, which to me means that for like, you know, and you know that Apple's gonna be about this. You know, it's going to want to be one of those things where I'm sure that Amazon can't have a link to the Kindle store, but they could have a link to like whatever the manage my Amazon page is, you know, that would, get, that would take you there. Uh, same thing with Netflix, but, but they will be able to have one link for people to be able to manage their accounts where ostensibly people could also sign up so they can have that link now, um, which, I mean, it's a huge change because this has been something that people have asked for for years. And it, se- it, it seems silly that we're so excited about this minor concession. I mean, this is, I think, like the abused, like, you know, spouse syndrome that a lot of Apple developers have. <laughs> like, we're so excited that we get this one concession only for these certain types of apps uh, that is like, oh, thank God, yes, I can have a link in my app. Do you think that it's going to help them get away or, like, evade some of this uh, governmental antitrust attention that's coming at them? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Be- because okay. to me, this seems like the thing that is the most outlandish, right? Like, I think you can make an argument that says we want payments to go through us. We want other things. I think it's another thing when you say no links out to websites that like I could find on your browser. Exactly. When I download Netflix from the app store, there's no way for there to ever be a hyperlink in the app to take me to a customer service page or to take me to something else. Like that seems crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, interesting. We will see what the various governments do in response to this. But just wanted to let you all know, we were rocket ruled. We were. So actually, a, a good change did come. Like we talked last week. There was like, oh, there are no worthwhile changes. This actually is a yes. good one, even if it's not enough. I, yeah. I just, before we move on, I just want to put a little historical context here. You know, this isn't just a user convenience issue. You know, if you're talking about publishing, which is in yep. razor thin margins in many yep. cases, you know, this was Apple instituting themselves between basically the reader yes. and the publisher and basically, uh, uh, taking a 30% cut, which is, that's, it's a, 
it's a very large cut. And, you know, even Gruber and other people argued at the time that Kindle takes an even bigger cut. They take yep. the 70% end of that, which is fair. But, you know, the reason in Stratechery, you know, the reason it kind of uh, argues that they kind of folded here was because, uh, you know, Japan was basically pursuing an antitrust case exactly. against this. And, you know, they they are you know no facts that we have objectively, but you know basically guessing that they must have had them dead to, to right. So they kind of made this uh, change worldwide. So I think this isn't just. I feel like as Apple people, often we focus on the usability aspect of it. This is a it's an antitrust market yes. fair pricing issue more than anything else. I think. No, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, um, you know, I mentioned that Sony, I mean, this was back in 2011, but like they had, their whole thing went out of business. They were mm-hmm. not able to support that anymore because they couldn't support a, a 30% cut. And without the discoverability or the ability to even advertise where you could go, having a reader app is kind of not great. You know, Kindle was big enough that it could. Spotify for years has argued, and I think fairly, where they're like, we have to have a 30% cut for the in-app purchase thing, but we can't even have a link to let people know they could sign up for less, you know, on our website. Mm -hmm. Whereas Apple music, obviously you can the same thing for, for any of the other competing services. And so what a lot of services had to do, at least if they were monthly subscription, this does not work at all. If you're doing all a cart purchasing, because Apple would still insist that for every, that every single Kindle book have a unique, um, in-app purchase thing, which is untenable and stupid. You know, you'd basically have to have, have the entire database of the Kindle store inside the Kindle app, which is just dumb. Um, but, um, you know, the fact is, is that they'd have to like raise their prices to cover the 30% fee that Apple wanted. And, and then, you know, customers are like, well, well, what's going on? Why is it more expensive here? And, And it's hard to explain. Well, if we don't charge more, we literally cannot stay in business because 30%, as you point out, especially in razor thin margin businesses is not enough to keep them going. Um, and, and for a long time, you know, apps weren't even able to like, there was a period of time where other than the Kindle, like there was, it was readers first and then it eventually came to video services. But there was a period of time where they were like, Oh no. Um, if you don't have the in-app purchase thing, you can't have the app exist mm-hmm. at all. hundred percent. Wow, that was a whole topic of itself almost. <laughs> yeah, yes. And that's why I'm about to tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Yay! Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so that you can focus on what matters most. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's better than copy and paste and better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take your time back and increase your productivity. Uh, I definitely, uh, I, I send a lot of emails and, uh, a lot of those emails are like trying to schedule things. I can yes. see that being uh, a good use <laughs> of this corresponding with, with subjects for interviews and just trying to nail down times. Um, I accidentally emailed the, the person that I interviewed today. The last two times I tried to set up an interview with them once was 
Father's Day. And then I hit them up again right before Labor Day weekend. What's wrong with me? Don't be like me. (laughs) (laughs) As a listener of Rocket, you can get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. That is textexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. So Simone, I believe I can turbo through the the Apple event uh, news and what we're expecting. Can I give it a can oh, I give I it a go? Please do try it. Okay, please let us know. okay. Super quickly. Uh, Apple event is coming really soon. Uh, they're going to launch a iPhone 13. We think there are going to be four models: uh, the normal 13, 13 mini, Pro, and then the Max. Uh, the main things we're expecting with that is new designs uh, for it: upgrade camera, better battery, better internals. Uh, Apple Watch 7 uh, could come. They're thinking this could actually be a physical redesign as well. We may get AirPod 3s. We may yep. get my favorite iPad, which is the iPad Mini. Yo. That could be coming back. You don't like that? I love the iPad. I said, yo. I, oh, yo. Said, yo. Okay, I thought you said or, no. Or, or the yes. iPhone giant, I think we could call it now, yeah. right? <laughs> Either way. Uh, and there's possibly going to be a new uh, uh, iPad. We're also thinking there could be a uh, Echo competitor and a sound bar for the Apple TV. So fingers crossed on that. And Ooh. bonus speculation, they think that the Apple iPhone may uh, be always on, like uh, the display may not shut off and can go into like an ultra power mode, which is what that weird weird neon uh, design is on the invitation. Um, oh, okay. I kind of hate that if that's the case. I, Why I so? report rumors. You decide. No, no, I'm, I'm here <laughs> for it. I mean, obviously they will, they will tell us. I'm just thinking about my AirPods Max and how awful that always on design is. Oh, I mean, who am I kidding? My phone is always on anyway. So yeah. honestly, okay, I'm, I'm being, I'm being, a it doesn't matter. Um, but, 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 well, I, but what I, don't I guess, you like yeah. about it? Cause I, I've never had a device that does that. So I'm not sure what it's like. It's annoying. Okay. So it just like loses battery if you're not using it. Yeah. So, okay. so like I could see, for instance, like I have an old iPhone that I, um, at this point it's too old to really do anything with, but like, okay, for example, if it were safe to travel and I wanted to go to China, I would not take my own phone with me. I would also not want to take an Android phone. Therefore, I would use an old iPhone that I have with a different SIM card and a different Apple ID. Uh-huh. So, because I'm paranoid. But I would I keep that phone off all the time, right? It would be frustrating. I mean, this is annoying because I keep my phone on all the time. So I'm, I'm, I take back what I said. But I, could, I would be sort of annoyed if it's like, okay, you pick up this thing. It hasn't been powered on in forever. You can at least power it on. You still need to charge it. It's probably lost some of its juice. But if it's an always on thing, then I'm kind of like, really? Yeah, it's a little bit annoying. But, okay. but, but but honestly, that's me being pedantic. Honestly, I hate it on the AirPods Max. I think that's awful uh, because I don't use them all the time. And then the battery life just drains because it sucks. But uh, who am I kidding? I never turn my phone off. My phone is never not <laughs> in my hand. This is fine. Yeah, mine is the Even same way. Even when you're sleeping, you keep it like... I don't know. I, I, I it near me, yeah. me when I was sleeping. When I'm so. sleeping, my phone is right next to my head. Uh, <laughs> Usually same. Yeah. It's going to give you superpowers. <laughs> Playing sleep audio for me. Okay. So uh, I, I am interested in the AirPods 3. Because yes. I, I, as you all know, and thank you so much, I do love my AirPods. Um, however, now I'm hooked. Now they've got me. Yes. What I am not interested in is the 
iPhone 13. Um, and it's not because I have anything against it. I think it, it'll probably be a good phone. However, I am fully committed to sticking with my iPhone 11, not just because I finally paid it off. It is mine mm-hmm. now fully, and it still works fine, even though I was kind of careless in the early pandemic and it got a little bit scratched on the screen, doesn't matter. But also, I got locked out of my apartment uh, on Tuesday, <gasps> Monday night, oh, and I had to pay a locksmith a large amount uh, of money um, like to give me a new door. So I will not be purchasing... <laughs> Uh, what, 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 do they still charge like $300 for you to get the get them in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm Ugh. so sorry. I, it's okay. I'll teach you to pick locks, Simone. It's not that hard. It, it's, it was my friggin' fault. I was so overwhelmed. I should have just like called my super, um, but I didn't. Um, hopefully, I will get my keys back from the rental car agency. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the upcoming Apple event. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the couple things that I'm excited for. Like, I'll I'll always be excited for a new, uh, iPad potentially, but that's something that I I think like most Apple products, I would wait a while before jumping on last year. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is very new and it's still beautiful and perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I would love to tell you, I'm not going to buy any of this. Like I will probably end up buying most of it. Uh, just because really, I why don't a, we commit to doing a no buy? I, I, cause I don't want to, it's, okay, it's, it's still a pandemic for you. What if too. I take I your joy. keys and I throw them in the ocean? <laughs> well, I learned to pick locks in high school, so I'll be okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I just make bad financial decisions. I can't buy a house, but I sure as hell can buy every Apple product. But also at the same time, houses are a million dollars. So really, honestly, like, what am I supposed to do? So um, yeah, I uh, the the watch, which is the thing that I typically would be least excited about. I am sort of um, interested in, although uh, um, a says that uh, German says that they're going to have limited supply because of the chip shortage. Mm. Which, uh, not to say I told you so or anything, but I said that Apple would not be immune from the chip shortage. Yeah, everybody's like, no, no, no. Apple's so special; they're the best. I'm like, yeah, actually, this is like they they don't have they don't have water for the sand like for the sand like honestly <laughs> like everybody is hit like they can't yep. make cars. Um, Apple buys stuff way in advance. They are they are not perfect. So apparently these will be, um, you know, maybe in short supply, which means that, well, which isn't necessarily bad for me because my uh, safe fit credit I used at the beginning of this year because they let it go for hobbies. So I bought a uh, professional microphone and a mixer <laughs> and oh. uh, because like that was my way of keeping fit. I Honestly, you know what? I'm not even sure why it qualified. I don't think it technically did. I don't care. Come at me, HR police. It, look, it worked. So I'm not mad about it. They said hobbies. Podcasting's a hobby. Anyway, um, so I don't have my usual thing where I have like, you know, $1,000 or whatever it is to like spend on a watch. So until January. So worst case, if this, the, you know, redesign, if like they're not an easy stock, I might just like wait until January when uh, when I get my credit to, to get it. But I am excited. Like the new design, I like the look. It, it's got the same shamfeared edges that they have on the iPad and, and on, you know, the, the, the phones and um, the, the Apple TV remote. And like that would bring some uniformity to the whole design language of all the mm-hmm. uh, devices that, that I don't hate. 
also, you know, if the rumor is true that they built a blood glucose meter into it, that would be amazing. That's huge. Yes. I mean, I don't have diabetes. That's not something I have to to watch. But as far as being a health metric, that is a tremendously yep. useful one. Uh, so fingers crossed that they got that like fixed. Because yeah, the thing with the Apple Watch is, I feel like almost more than the iPhone. Yeah, you know, because I work out literally every day, you know, it it really, really adds up. Like the battery improvements and the blood oxygenation, I use that way more than I thought it would. You know, the EKG meter, I mean, all this stuff really adds up. So I think it's it's a cool, uh, cool health product. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and it, it, apparently, I don't know if it'll have the, uh, the glucose monitor, but apparently um, it will have like the ox level stuff, which would be really good for you for, for running. Mm-hmm. And um, like it'd have a blood pressure sensor, which actually would be massive for so many people yep. who yeah. need to take their blood pressure all the time because that that's annoying to have to, you know, like do the cupping yourself and whatnot. And, and um, you know, just like being able to like track the heart rate. I mean, that was how I found out that I had something irregular going on with my heart. Um, there, there are, even if these things aren't as good as like a dedicated device, putting them on and more and more people's wrists lets more and more people be aware of their health and keeps them healthier. And I think it's a really good thing. So mm-hmm. my husband has a, he has high blood pressure. He manages it with medication, but you know, he's just, uh, he, he just doesn't take it as seriously as he, he mm-hmm. should. Like he's a, he's a guy in that sense. So if I could like, if it does have a blood pressure monitor built into it, I will buy that day one and make Frank charge it at night <laughs> Because, like, just having that done automatically would be amazing. Yeah. Well, we are looking forward to the event, and we'll, of course, be covering it next week. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by privacy.com. Um, I think we all are right to be a little concerned about our financial privacy online. Uh, For example, even if we are, say, using a payment app to pay a locksmith an exorbitant amount of money, that's online in a way. Uh, What if you had a tool (laughs) that made it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure? Privacy is that thing. By generating virtual numbers, privacy masks your bank information so you never have to worry about giving it out to people you don't know online. So say if you are using a service where you're paying by a credit card, you can create a virtual card. Uh, You can set a spend limit on that card. You can give that card like a a limited lifetime. So it expires after it just like will not work after a certain amount of time. That's great because you are done with that thing that you're paying for. Um, And of course, you're hiding the information that is most important, which are the little numbers that are your bank account, um, where all of your livelihood goes. Super duper important. Um, I've been known to be a little bit frivolous in the past (laughs) about handing over those card details to places online, Uh, especially I think once you have your credit card number memorized, online becomes a minefield of of things that you can buy. What if you didn't even know your friggin' number? So you <laughs> you weren't out there like tapping it into things. Oh, you have a little barrier. You have a little control in your life to stop you from going on a spending spree. I like it. 
Take back control of your payments. Decide who can charge your card, how much, and how often, and you can close cards at any time. Plus, you can make sure that you're never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password. You can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards. And you can set spend limits, create single-use or merchant-locked cards whenever you want, just like I said. Head over to privacy.com slash rocket and sign up for an account today. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on their first purchase. Go to privacy.com slash rocket and sign up right now. Privacy.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, Privacy, for your support of this show and Relay FM. We've got some more Apple news for you. It's an Apple heavy show, but they keep freaking doing things. Hmm. Or in this case, not doing things. Ford has hired away Doug Field, uh, who was VP of special projects at Apple. He was working on Apple's efforts to make a self-driving electric car, to which you might say, what efforts again to make a self-driving <laughs> electric car? Uh, it has been a project that's kind of that's been in the works since 2014. Uh, at first, it was building a whole car, and then they were like, "Let's just make self-driving software instead." Uh, it has obviously never come to a, a place where they're like shouting it from the rooftop like their CSAM tools. Uh, but now that's not Doug Field's problem anymore. Because he's going to Ford. Uh, Ford, in a press release, said he will lead Ford's efforts to develop the next-gen blue oval intelligence tech stack to deliver smart connected vehicles and services that improve over time through constant updates. Very sexy. Uh, Formerly... Field also had a stint at Tesla between two stints at Apple. He oversaw the Model 3 sedan rollout. So uh, maybe he has gone to a place perhaps where his electric vehicle work could have a more concrete future. What, what do we think about this? A hundred percent. I mean, this Real is... Real artist ship. Yeah, no, this is... It's really exciting. I mean, so if our listeners don't know, there are basically six levels of autonomous driving. Like, level zero is, like, my Porsche, right? Level one is, like, lane keep assist or something like that. You know, we're trying to move towards uh, L5. Like, that's the that's the ultimate goal. No human driver in the loop. Uh, just go get in there. You don't have to pay attention to the road at all. Uh, what we have right now with Tesla is really closer to L3, uh, mm-hmm. conditional automation that's like, um, you know, you have to you have to stay attentive. You have to be looking at the road, but it's doing most of the driving for you. The thing is, outside of Tesla, the number of people that have the R&D experience, uh, especially leading engineering teams building these things, is so freaking limited that, of course, he was going to be a very, very high uh, high desirability uh, person to, to lead these kinds of teams. I also think it's really interesting that Ford is getting involved here. If you yeah. look at... Um, 
like I think when most people think about uh, like contractors, right? You think like, oh, a contractor must uh, go get a uh, must use a truck to like put lumber around, right? No, the truth is most contractors drive Ford vans. You have the tall thin vans; they drive mm-hmm. more of those than anything else. Mm. So Ford already has this huge footprint in uh do you know what i mean the the transportation contractor kind of the working area of these kinds of vehicles and i personally believe rocket listeners do not write me telling me i want tesla to fail that's not my message here (laughs) but i do want tesla to have more competition here uh and i think that uh you know tesla has done very well on the consumer side i think if you really care about automotive driving technologies it's going to be a company like ford that's going to bring it to fruition or gm so this was a huge get by them uh this is going to be very good for us to have a manufacturer hopefully move towards uh, l4 driving soon yeah, to say yeah. nothing of uh, electric car work, which I am always, I, I think is very important. And seeing Ford continue to seriously commit to that is really exciting. Yeah, I was going to say Ford has been committed to that. You know, their new CEO, he's done a really good job, I think. And and he's he's really had, you know, it, you know the company's kind of turn around, you know, a little bit um, after uh, Al Malali left, you know, they're kind of in a, a tailspin for a little bit. But this guy is is good. And I think that hire like this, this is a marquee hire. You know, he said that this is a watershed moment for the company. As you said, there aren't many people who can lead these sorts of teams. He's been at Tesla. He oversaw the Model 3. You know, he's two stints of Apple. He's been at Ford before. You know, so he's somebody who has really strong industry knowledge and, um, you know, leadership knowledge. And so, um, look, I'm not going to like rehash my whole thing, which is I don't understand why Apple needs to get in the car business anyway, because I just don't. Yeah, it's Everybody's weird. Everybody's going to tell me, oh, it's this and that. I I just, I don't see the point. You make so much money. You literally print money doing these other things. Why do you want to spend the amount of money and the overhead and the research and all that to get into the freaking car business? Like, why do you want to take on those hassles? Like Tesla, I get they wanted to disrupt the whole industry. Apple, yeah, sell the services. I just, I don't see why they need the whole thing. That's me. But, um, but you know, Ford, obviously, as you said, Brie, not just did they have like the, you know, like the, um, you know, for like for trucking and manufacturing and more like industry stuff, but they have the consumer things and they have, you know, um, the, the different, you know, other just kind of as, as, aspects with logistics and whatnot. So I think this is a, a good opportunity for somebody. And, and I'm, I'm happy for Doug that he can be on something where he can like publicly maybe talk about what he's working on. I'm mm-hmm. happy for his family. Yeah, that, that's got to be. Well, I, so I, I'm curious, actually, because I want to talk a little bit about his track record. Obviously, Apple's Project Titan has been in development, heck, f- since 2014. Uh, but then the Tesla Model 3 launch, that was the one where uh, Consumer Reports criticized the emergency braking tests and also the controls of the car. And it was kind of a a troubled rollout, which I believe did eventually have a happy ending. But what I guess, what is the feeling about Field's most recent work on a project that never launched and another project that had a a sort of troubled uh, launch? It's the experience, right? Yeah, I was because say. It, it's the institutional knowledge of how things like electric batteries, which Ford mm. is doing huge investments in, self-driving cars, how to work on projects like that. That's such a like. Look at 
are are are, are scrambled to produce vaccines, Simone. Yeah, it's because yeah. the knowledge workers that like understand how to make lipid nanoparticles. There's so few of those people out there. There are even fewer people that know how to lead those kinds of engineering teams. So you know, bringing that over to Ford, you know, the problem is in respect, please don't write me Tesla people, but Tesla is <laughs> not a great manufacturing company. It's just not logistically. There's a viral thread uh, literally yesterday about huge panel gaps in a model Y that got delivered. Uh, you know, when it comes to building parts and all of that. It's just not Tesla's thing. You plug it into something like Ford, which has literally been like helping right. us win World War II by shipping bombers. I was going to say, created, right. created the assembly line as we know it, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's just night and day. Like mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. quality of the products that they can bring to, to market. And, you know, it's worth, like you were saying, Christina, uh, Ford has really been on some winning streaks lately. They brought out the new Ford Bronco, which, Simone, I know you're not a car gal. I think if you looked at a picture of the new Ford Bronco, you go, that is cute and awesome as hell. Like I'm not even an off-road kind of girl, and I I love that thing. You've got the 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 uh, Mustang Mach E, which is an electric Mustang. That was the one that caught my attention. I was really? like, oh, oh, I think it's so <laughs> ugly, but that's just me. Um, uh, you know, but the the overall point is they're they're, they're delivering some wins, which is good because. Ford could use them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and BMW has obviously been doing a lot of stuff in, in, in the EV space. I mean, a lot of these people um, have, um, and that that's actually something, um, you know, like there, there's a lot of this, this poaching that goes on. The interesting thing I'll say too, and then we can kind of move off of this, is that his technical title, he's going to be like chief of advanced technology and embedded systems officer. And that I think is the embedded systems part is a big part of this because it's not just, I think this is the thing where he is maybe uniquely situated. And not to say that there aren't other people that have this experience, but there aren't a lot of people who have both the embedded systems perspective, have working at like a hard tech company and then working at a very mm. tech-driven company like Tesla, and then also have, you know, like the the actual car industry experience. Yeah. So, so I think that that, you know, that's why their CEO is calling this a watershed hire because there aren't that many of these people. You know, Apple hired the guy that created QNX. Um, um, a number of years ago from Waterloo and, and, and QNX is like the, the most popular embedded system in most cars. And, and it's a very, you know, like a robust kind of, kind of thing. And, and it's, you know, Blackberry had owned it for some period of time and, or I think still does actually. And, and, you know, they, they license some of their stuff, but like that was an embedded systems guy that you want, but there aren't a lot of people, um, you know, who have like that kind of knowledge and could lead those sorts of engineering teams. The fact they're giving him that title to me says, this isn't like just some sort of like vanity position. Like they're literally like being like, we want you in charge of, you know, like what we are seen as, as the future guts of our cars. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to a brief, uh, uh, a cherry before the dessert. And that is that uh, Elizabeth Holmes has groupies now. So last oh week we reported on Holmes's trial finally starting. They're doing jury selection. It's very hard because everybody knows about her to the extent that there are women showing up uh, for to get into the trial looking like Elizabeth Holmes. Yep. The trial kicked off uh, today as we record this on um, on Wednesday. Um, they've given their opening statements and um, she is groupies. Just like Mar- j- 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 just like Charles Manson. 
I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not comparing her to Charles Manson. I'm saying that dressing up in a certain way, like your leader as fans and going to a court case, a criminal court proceedings, yeah. is like spooky prom. I'm sorry, it is. That's not even a that that that's not even a stretch. That's literally what the Manson girls did. Yes, I that's I feel fair. like you know we we cover. We cover Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes a lot on Rocket. Let's be honest, because it's it's a fun story, right? Yep. There are a lot of fun aspects to this. But I have to tell you, I've covered a lot of trials, like murder trials, sexual abuse trials, and it I I have to be honest, I'm bothered that someone would take it to basically like like fandom cosplay yeah, level. Yeah, to go cosplay in a court where someone with a child yeah. is going to be sent is basically up against some very serious charges. Yeah. I think it's massively disrespectful. Uh, if I were the judge, I would a hundred percent throw them out of the courtroom. Well, I don't think it I helps mean, her case. I, no, but they just, can't. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're dressed in black suits and have blonde hair. Like they, 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 they can't throw them out for that. Right. Well, they, they show up early. I mean, but they can't, right. Like that's, you know, the whole point of court is that it's public. I mean, at least in the United States, you know, you have a public galley for the reason they show up and they are well-behaved and they're not, you know, doing what the Manson girls did, which was scream out loud and, and, and get his attention and do crazy things. As long as they're not doing that. I mean, I agree with you. It's a spectacle, but it's, it, I'm, I'm going to be unpopular here. I think it's actually less of a spectacle than the, the, the free Britney wackos. Mm. Wow. What an excellent segue you've provided me <laughs> that I'm going to take. <laughs> an update. Dessert today is an update in Britney Spears' conservatorship saga. Her own father, who has been her conservator for many, many years, has said, let's not. Uh, he said that uh, hearing Britney's testimonies recently has caused him to now be against the, the conservatorship. Um, sorry, sorry. I couldn't hide my reaction. Go ahead. Recent events have called into question whether circumstances have changed to to such an extent that grounds for establishment of a conservatorship may no longer exist. His filing states in words that are written by a lawyer, which is why they sound unnatural coming out of my mouth. Uh, um, So that is a huge update. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't buy it. I think that his gravy train ran out. And he is trying to uh, save face. Uh, And I think he knew all along that what he was doing to her was wrong. And uh, I just, I don't believe that, oh, oh, mea culpa. I now realize that Brittany was competent all along. Yeah, that's BS. As Mr. Spears has said again and again, all he wants is what is best for his daughter, the filing says. Brianna, you think this is disingenuous. Uh, Christina, what do you think? Oh, yeah, totally disingenuous. I mean, I'm happy for her, right? Like, I mean, I think that this will hopefully, if he is saying that he wants it dissolved, this will hopefully make that legal process easier. I was talking to some lawyers over the weekend um, because Catherine's mom is a lawyer and her dad is a superior court judge. And apparently when you go into these voluntary things, which she technically did, it is really difficult to get out of. Mm. So there might still be some things that have to happen to to get her released. But, um, you know, it seems like he is wanting to avoid 
whether it is scrutiny, she probably could still bring some civil things against him, who knows, or, or some other stuff. Like he, I, I feel like it's totally self-serving, but I almost don't care. I'm almost like, hey, if, the, if this can get this resolved more more easily, then that, yeah, that's really Yeah, I can good. be over, hopefully. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I um, it, I'm definitely, it, it feels like it's just time to to let her have a crack at it again. Um, yeah. If he's not standing in the way of it anymore, that's cool. Whatever his motives may be. Um, so now it's just up to the courts, right? Yeah, I believe so. I, I don't, I'm not sure because I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what like the next process is, but I, I think that probably at one of the next hearings, they'll, I think she can then petition officially. She can go through that process to dissolve it. And if he's not standing in the way and if Mm-hmm. Jody Montgomery isn't standing in the way, and now that she has her own representation, unless there is something else that we don't know about, which is possible because a lot of this stuff is, is um, you know, rightly sealed for privacy reasons, then, you know, I think that that would lead to, as you said, you know, her her getting a, a crack at it. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not convinced that like maybe like like I don't buy the whole theory that like she's that this has been like a, a, like a, a 14 year like like saga of like keeping her yeah. like locked up. I think that that even if it was um, not the right uh, thing for this long of a period of time to do, I think that at least some of the intentions were good. But yeah, as, as you said, I mean, it's it's been this long. She's expressed that this isn't what she wants. So um, it, it as, long as, she, as long as it, <laughs> as long as she's as long as they have determined that she, you know, is, is cognitively and like in the right frame of mind to make that decision. Like I'm I, I say, go for it. Yeah, I just think, you know, uh, they have you have people with serious drug addiction issues that don't get put under, you know, full guardianship. You have people with mental health issues that don't get put under guardianship. And, you know, like we, Christine, you and I really watched this happen to Brittany back in the day where she mm-hmm. like left rehab and shaved her head. I can understand it now, but then, but the idea that someone, yeah, you know, I have no doubt that Brittany has personal issues, right? That may lead her not to make the, the best decision we'd make bad decisions all the time on this podcast I bought a <laughs> every week we make bad decisions we're, we're, we're right. buying we're buying apple stuff we don't possibly need and you know the the idea of like protecting her from like either she's competent like she's competent enough to go make everyone millions and millions and millions of dollars as one of the biggest stars in Vegas and one of the few women in the music industry can keep a career over a decade because of ageism, mm-hmm. but she's not competent enough to like spend her own money. Give me a break. This or, is like, a bunch married. of, right. It's, right. it's a bunch of, of hucksters that came in and have been riding a gravy train, including her dad for far too long. And I'm just glad, like I wasn't aware this was an issue for so many people before Brittany. I mean, I'm a lot more skeptical of conservatorships overall now. And I'm, mm-hmm. I really thank her for informing the public about it. That actually bothers me, to be honest, that that is, and, and I think rightfully so, but that, that that's happening because again, it, and that's because I talked to, to lawyers and, and lawyers and a judge in California where, you know, they are much more aware of these things because it changes place to place and jurisdiction to jurisdiction. And in this case, you know, Los Angeles specifically, this was a voluntary thing, which is what makes it hard. So 
she agreed. She ultimately signed the paperwork. She agreed to do it. Now, you can say she was under duress. She did other things. I'm not disputing that. But I'm saying legally, that's a difference than, than saying that, like, you know, the, the court has found this person, you know, is, is at this level. And, and so I think that not to say that there aren't some abuses that happen with conservatorships, because I think they do, but I think that her situation is very, very unique in that, you know, it seemed like like the the New Yorker reporting, which was excellent, that um, Gia and uh, I can't remember um, her co-author did, you know, basically like he found, the dad found like a, a a minister, a pastor, like she was, she was acting in a way that was scaring people. You know, she, she was 51, 50 twice. She locked herself, you know, in a room with a baby. She was, you know, talking in weird voices. She shaved her head. She was attacking paparazzi. She was doing other stuff. Like there was stuff that I could understand. You certainly wouldn't want her to be like alone with her children, the way that she was acting. There were, there were things that were not right. And I could understand as parents, whether your kid is worth, you know, a lot of money or not, I can see you wanting to figure out like, well, what can I do to fix this? And and they found a guy who, because of his connections and because of his other stuff, was able to put this into place in in a way that um, I don't think it's right. And I don't think that the way that they were able to manipulate the system is right. But I also don't think it's common. So I understand what you're saying. And I think that that's an unfortunate side effect of this and that's earned. But I also, I think that there are a lot of people who really do need to be in conservatorships. There's a really good article in the New York Times that a woman wrote about her father who it was very difficult for them to con- to, to keep him in one, um, despite the fact that, you know, he threatened his mother's, um, you know, her mother's life and, and, and they were still married. But when he would go into, you know, these um, kind of these episodes where, where his mental illness would act up like he would, it, it was, it was very, very scary and they couldn't get anybody to do anything. You'd basically be, you know, um, uh, admitted to the hospital um, then let out at a certain period of time, maybe go to jail, maybe be homeless. And the family is having to make the decision. Do we continue to enable him, um, when he's not medicated, when things aren't right? Um, you know, what can we do? Because they couldn't get, they they couldn't get him, um, you know, um, into a conservatorship. So for for every story there, I'll find the link that we can put in the show notes, because I think it offers a good perspective why these things usually happen. And I think that if people, all they know about it is the Britney Spears thing. I think that's a, that's a, that's a gross misunderstanding of why these things exist. And I also think it's a gross misunderstanding to say it's just people with dementia. No, there, there are very serious and, and real reasons why these things happen. And do I think that the system was abused in her way? Probably because of, of her, uh, you know, fame, frankly, and because her father had access to someone who had connections. Yeah. But at the same time, the reason they were able to do this is because it is, it was technically voluntary, voluntary to get in, we can't get out. It's kind of like, you know, certain types of rehab, you know, you can sign yourself in, but you can't get out. So, mm. you know, it's one of those unfortunate, you know, situations. I think that's fair. In my statement, I mean, I don't want to say I am, you know, a hundred percent against conservatorships, uh, like as a blanket statement. I'm just saying like, there, there clearly for something like that, there has to be correct legal oversight. The fact that she was not, the fact that her lawyers were basically not giving her sound legal advice that she could petition the I mean, court. We don't know that. I mean, we don't know that. that. According to her. Well, well but, 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 to and her. again, right. I, I mean, well, we don't know that. We, do, we don't know what they did or didn't say to her. We don't know what her ability to understand what she could or couldn't do is. I'm just, just putting that out there. Like that hasn't been a determined thing based on her statements. You're right, but we don't know that. Like According her lawyers her, right. would say differently, right? Like, you know, they, 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 the, the guy who was her lawyer for a long time, who she'd liked for a long time, happily stepped down and, and put someone else in place. But, you know, um, 
like I just don't want this to become like a revisionist history thing where we look back on this and are like, oh, she would she'd been sending us signals the whole time, which is what the I'm sorry, but they are like they do more harm than good. But like the the, the free Britney, you know, people who have signs and do chants and do like <laughs> dance moves and sh- and stuff outside the courthouse, like that's disruptive. Um, like that yeah, to I me, agree you with know, that. like I like, agree the, with the, that. like yeah. and, and I also think it's disruptive to pretend like. There were never any mental health challenges because clearly no, there have no, been. Of course there were. But uh, not disruptive. I think it's unhelpful to say there weren't any mental health challenges. But I think we all agree the situation never should have gotten to where it is. And hopefully there will be something that will, you know, get her to have her own autonomy and, and at least be able to, like, control her birth control stuff and get married and and spend her money that she's earned, you know, the way that she wants Before we get to what we're doing this week, I want to let you know that September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and for the third consecutive year, Relay FM are supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, finding cures and saving children. Cancer kills more children under the age of 14 than any other disease. Doctors from all 50 states and around the world refer their patients to St. Jude because they have the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive childhood cancers. And St. Jude also provides thousands of free consultations for doctors treating children worldwide, including kids that are in your community. And so this September for the third year, as I said, Relay FM is aiming to raise money for St. Jude. The goal this year is over $300,000 for the kids of St. Jude. That campaign has already started and is rolling. Uh, They're at $217,000 so far. But the big podcast-a-thon will be next week. So September 17th, that is next Friday. Uh, you can help right now by making a donation at stjude.org relay. This year, any donor making a single gift of $100 or more will receive an exclusive Relay FM stickers of thanks pack at the end of the campaign. And if your company matches donations, please send us a note and they'll have that amount routed to the campaign. You can email Stephen at Stephen at Relay FM. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N at Relay.fm. Yes, for that. Uh, and as I said, the podcast-a-thon happens September 17th, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time in, in the United States at twitch.tv slash RelayFM. I'm going to be playing Aliens Fireteam on you that are. channel. You I'm hoping I'm hope, I've still got Russell up, another uh, Relay host to play with us, but uh, really looking what? forward to that. What, what what day what day is this? I might be able I, to join. I would love for you to do it, Christine. That would be Friday, amazing. September seventeenth, twelve p.m. to eight p.m. Eastern. Okay, so aliens fire team. Are you more of a gunner? Are you more of a smart gun kind of gal? Are you more of a setting up turrets? How are you thinking you're going to play, Christina? I don't know. I mean, I usually like to just like kind of like lie in wait and then like trap people. All right, lie in wait. That's technician. So All right. we will, we that, will that fits Christina well, actually. Yes, we will do that. <laughs> Fun. All right. You can tune in at, as I said, twitch.tv slash relay FM and donate at stjude.org slash relay. All right. I hope we'll see you all there. Now, Christina, what are you doing this week? Okay. So I know that it's Apple Week. I know that like the like this week, you know, whatever I know it's a big thing. I'm going to be watching, I think I'm going to be watching like the live stream or pre-recorded stream because it's not going to be live, either from a hotel or an airport because 
Uh, I am, uh, I'm flying out again. I'm going to Denver this week. I'm going back to Red Rocks. I'm going to see Death Cab for Cutie on Monday. You're hooked um, on those Red Rocks. Well, I bought the Death Cab tickets before I bought the Guster tickets. And I'm actually going with a, um, a friend of the pod, um, um, uh, Ricky, and, um, and we are going to have a great time. So I'm very excited about seeing Death Cab for Cutie at Red Rocks. I have amazing seats. It's going to be a really good time. Um, obviously, Christina's hotel tour is coming back. <laughs> People are so excited that that was back. I, I need to just book a whole bunch more trips just to just to keep them up. And um, I uh, I'm very um, so that's what I'm doing. Um, can can uh, I say something and, about this? I don't know yes. if you watch this part of YouTube, but the the just sleazy guys that like fly around the world, like oh look at my hotel, look at my airplane, look at I bought the <laughs> most like like and they're so unappealing. If you did that. I just think you could bring a lot of class to that whole genre of YouTube. So you could I change that would be my dream. To do this. That yes. would be my dream, honestly, to just be able to do that. It, like maybe I should like maybe once I can travel more, maybe I will like turn them from you from Instagram stories into into vlogs and see because people seem to really enjoy them. And I try to like be you know funny and like not totally like oh yes, look at my opulence. It's like yeah, yeah. Look at my closet. It's really big. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's New- exciting for- to have a big closet. It I, is exciting. I, closet, I don't have like exactly because I don't because you know New York no closet space more closet space in Seattle but it's it's not like Atlanta where you just like live in closet space. <laughs> God, my master uh, closet at our last apartment in Atlanta was bigger than my dorm room. Oh my, god. oh my god, Brianna, what are you doing this week? Uh, this week I am playing Aliens Fire Team and I am working tirelessly at trying to get a uh, a new secret thing up that I can't talk about yet, but uh-huh. I am still working on that. It involves the IRS. That's what I'm working with this oh, week. Oh man. <laughs> I love working with the IRS and nonprofit tax forms. It's great. I'm sure. Uh, all right. What am I doing this week? I should have thought of something before this. Uh, we had a new video go up. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, Jenna's working, been working really hard on another alternate history video, and it went up this week. Uh, it is about what would have, what the world would have been like if the Super Mario Brothers movie had been successful. Not changing anything about the movie itself, merely our reception to it. And, uh, it, the world oh. that she imagines is so good um, and not good. The The world itself is kind of dark, but the imaginings that she has done are really, really good and solid. And this the stuff that she ha- thought to change is really incredible. Um, and we got to Photoshop a bunch of really silly things for this, including many, many more video game movie posters. So I recommend you go check that out at YouTube.com slash Polygon. As one of the four people that saw that movie when it came out, it's really hard for me to imagine a universe where that movie was successful. I just <laughs> watched it, was it so bad. for, oh, for this so video bad. and I enjoyed it. Uh, you enjoy it in an ironic way because it is. No, I thought it was actually kind of good. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I will. I'm sorry. I disagree. It was not what you were expecting. It was like Captain N watching that back in the 80s. You're oh, like, man, I love Captain I, N, yeah. the Game I, Master. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I like Princess Lana, but it's not. She was, she was like Kelly Kapowski, but like animated. Right, right. But it wasn't what you were expecting. That's all I'm saying. 
Yes, I can definitely see how that would be shocking coming at it from like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to make a Mario movie. Surely it will be like the thing that I know. No. Right. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, because the Mario movie was like not. Yeah, it's very it, like, weird. And that's what I weird. like about it. It's it's a it's a weird little cyberpunk fun thing. Um, but yeah. All right. So, Christina, where can we find you online? All right, so you can find me online at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And uh, obviously, as I said, um, a big uh, big news here is that obviously I will be um, uh, doing an Instagram another hotel tour um, next week. Um, so look forward to that. That's honestly everybody's favorite thing, right? Maybe that's what I should do. I, I, it's too late for me to do it this year, but maybe maybe next year that's what I should do to do my part of like the the St. Jude fundraiser. Hotel tours, yeah, yeah. Something, I don't know. Like try to try to raise money that way. See how many hotels I can I can tour. I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah. So film underscore girl on the twitters and the instagrams. All right, and Brianna, what about you? Brianna will on Twitter, and you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and at youtube.com slash polygon thank you so much for listening to this episode of rocket i hope that you enjoyed it and if you did i hope that you leave a review on apple Podcasts or share it with a friend that helps people find our show and make it better hey thank you for listening like i said this episode of rocket is terminated 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 <laughs>